Hi, I'm Libby Lepret. My parents are B and AJ Lepret. I've been a member of Trinity all my life, and this year, I'm the head acolyte. I'm also a senior at Concord Carlisle High School. Back in September, when I was asked to preach, it made perfect sense. Reverend Becky and H. Mark Smith, the diocesan East minister, had arranged for the diocesan East Council to come to our church for our overnight senior send-off, because Brooke, Becca, Tatchlum, and I have been on DYC for three years, having joined our sophomore year of high school. What was supposed to be a night of celebration soon turned to nothing when the bishop made the level-headed choice of canceling in-person worship through the month of May, thus canceling our long-awaited event. Despite the setback, I decided I would still like to make the sermon today in hopes that it would help me understand the new world. And you know what? I have. I have, but I haven't exactly accepted it and made peace with it. I'm still mad. When I was reading the scriptures Reverend Nancy gave me for today, the epistle, you know, that bit about enduring pain and suffering unjustly, yeah, that part, that part spoke to me the most, not just as a teenager, but as a senior. I sit before you today as a senior, talking to my other seniors in hope that you will hear me and hear what I have to say. As seniors, we've waited 13 years to get to the best five months of our teen years. We waited patiently through kindergarten and elementary school, middle school, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and finally our senior year. Through the agonizing college applications, we knew that on the other side of that was second semester, our glory days. And for some of us, we only planned one senior year, not having college as a part of our plan. Some of us have it as a stepping stone before we go to college. Either way, it's very discouraging to have come so far only to have had the major setback of not accomplishing this goal on time. For college seniors, it's harder to be graduating into such a mess of a world. Quarantine comes at a price for seniors, a very particular price. Save our friends, our family, our world, and ourselves, but at the cost of prom, graduation, senior week, internships, the final season of sports, theater, and dance productions. Everything we had been working so hard on for years had only months left to do, that we had only months left to do, were cut short before coming to their natural end. I was talking to my friend two weeks after quarantine, and he chuckled and said, remember when we were counting down the normal days you had left in school because of your internship? That came a lot sooner than we calculated, and I strained a smile and nodded in frustration, sadness, and anger. It sure did. <laughs> we continued on in our conversation, exchanging words of hope and encouragement, and tried to find the bright side. We're all trying to find some sort of bright side, aren't we? We're doing projects we've always wanted to do, hanging out with our families more, and for some of us, more than we really want to, and discovering a creative side we never knew we had. I've seen people mowing the roofs, cutting their lawns with scissors just to draw out the process, and redesign their entire lawn and house aesthetic, though I'm not sure if these are fun boredom busters or total mental breakdowns, like the girls dyeing their hair and giving themselves bangs. I am not doing that, just so you know. Most of us, I think, are still in the denial stage of our quarantine. We fall in and out of asking the question, is this real? Is this a dream? This is a dream, right? This seriously can't be happening right now. And then we realize that this is not a drill. We transition into the doubt stage. We senior slide harder than ever because what's the point now? 
We're not getting our graduation as planned. We're not going back to school one last time before we go to college, which is also up in the air for many of us right now. We lose sight of the future we've been ringing, waiting for since September, when that first bell rang. Now the bells that ring are our phones pinging with text, FaceTime calls, and notifications about the worsening fate of our once perfect world. We've denied, we've been denied our ability to see each other in person, and doubt the day will come when we can again. When Jesus was crucified, his apostles were also in doubt and denial. And they were sad, too. They believed their world, consisting of the ultimate best friend and teacher, to be over, too. They were sad until they realized that their world was indeed not over. Mary Magdalene's discovery of Jesus' continuing existence was everything they needed to realize that their world was not indeed over, but changing. After the initial shock of Jesus' disappearance, we have Cleopas and company walking to Emmaus. I hope I pronounced that right. When Jesus joins them and listens to the story of the Messiah, they complained about how he had to suffer for what he was doing. In response to their confusion, Jesus says, didn't you know that the Messiah would have to suffer before he was given his glory? It was later at dinner when they realized who this traveler was when he broke bread. While Jesus disappeared soon upon their realization, they knew this to be true and ran off to find the others to speak of their discovery. If there's one thing that these stories have in common, it's the message. Death does not have the final word. The apostles' lives were put on pause as they figured out what to do after Jesus' crucifixion. They needed to regroup and reorganize themselves. Everything had come, they had come to know was taken out from under them. They were blindsided by Jesus' betrayal. They were shocked by how quickly it escalated. And then it was over. Jesus was dead. All they could do was hope. And then, when they were least expecting it, when they were on their last shred of hope, they saw him. Not everyone, but just enough people saw him to know that everything wasn't all doomed. They realized that their life may not be the same, but there was going to be a new normal. So, in the spirit of Easter... While it looks like senior year is over, it may not be. While the world is stuck inside their homes with their families, stuck inside with boredom, stuck inside with creativity, and waiting for the world to return to normal, the normal we will, to, we will return to will be new. While we may not be able to shake hands with strangers as often as we used to, we can still rekindle and continue the connections we had and still have with each other. We can still gather in limited numbers to enjoy the blessings in life, like the smaller family gatherings and birthdays, as well as the sorrows, like the lost jobs, the deaths, and the thanksgivings, like the weddings, the births, and the baptisms. So while everything seems to be crumbling around us, while we sulk about prom and sulk about graduation, and we sulk and sulk and sulk about sports and, you know, other productions, while we sulk, and the sudden pause of our senior year, just know that this isn't the end. While it's not pretty or what we imagined it to be, let's make it what we want it to be. Senior year technically isn't over until the caps are in the air, so get outside and socialize with your friends in the trunks of your cars. Make your own driving and watch a movie with your friends and gorge on candy. 
Let's not sulk like the kindergartners we were 15 years ago. Let's make the best of what we can because this is senior year. And like the Messiah said, we ought to suffer before we get exactly what we want. And because as our presiding bishop likes to remind us, we Christians are Easter people. Amen.